Hey everyone, so welcome to the club. Uh, I'm gonna stop it. <laughs> hey everyone, so welcome to the Backpack CPA, where we're gonna take you on a bunch of different journeys. And so I'm Vic Bava, your host, and today we're gonna be talking about self-limiting beliefs, a poison in our professional lives. And I've got two very special guests with me, uh, John Ray and Joel Anderson. Um, thank you guys for being on this episode with me. And so what we're going to talk about is, you know, what are self-limiting beliefs, how we develop them, um, how we can overcome them, and also just discuss some actionable items and so, you know, some resources you can rely on. Um, so let's start off by introducing our guest. Um, whoever wants to go first, John or Joel. Go for it, Joel. All right. Um, uh, let's see. My name is Joel Anderson. I am an accounting manager at a firm outside of Atlanta. Thankfully, though, I get to be remote. So... Uh, I work from home and it's awesome. So I don't have to fight the Atlanta traffic anymore. Um, I grew up in a small town in Southeast Georgia. And I believed that if you got a business degree, that you could do anything in life. And after I got the degree and started working, I found that that's not true, that you really had to have a focus. Um, and so I went back to school, got my uh, degree in accounting and just kind of moved my way up in different firms. And I've just, it's just my knack. I really enjoy it. And um, so really the, over the past couple of years, um, especially when I met Vic, I started getting more and more uh, energized and wanting to grow myself, grow in my understanding and learning not only in accounting, but in other areas of life as well. Um, and so that's really what, what drew me to, to be a part of this podcast is um, not only to help me learn, but also to be able to share what I've learned um, that maybe in the hopes that I'd be able to help someone else. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Joel. I'm John. I'm the founder of Scrutinize. Uh, we build workflow automation software for bookkeeping firms. And my background is that I've you know always sort of been a finance and accounting nerd um, ever since I really could remember growing up, always loved numbers and business and all that kind of stuff. And so um, worked in various different roles in finance and accounting roles inside of um, you know other companies. And then in 2017, decided to start my own firm. So rolled out and started uh, Pacha Financial Services. We were basically like a you know fractional CFO, outsourced bookkeeping um, firm. Along the way, started to run into some issues uh, around really quality control, quality assurance, um, and started hacking together an internal solution for those things that kind of morphed into what scrutinizes today. Um, and then in January of this year, I uh, ended up going full-time on scrutinize because uh, it was already kind of taking up all my brain space anyway and, and was sort of, you know, where the most interests lied for me uh, in terms of the future. So that's my background. Awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. So let's dig into the topic self-limiting beliefs, uh, a poison in our professional lives. Um, so, you know, we all want to achieve something or pursue something, but then there's, there's always something in our minds that's telling us, no, you can't do this. You're not capable of doing this. You know, and it always stops us in our tracks or either makes us think twice before we take action or do something. Um, you know, and that's what a self-limiting belief is. So I was just kind of Googling, you know, uh, to see what other people define self-limiting beliefs as. as. And uh, this one definition I found from a guy named Andrew Blackman, he was a former Wall Street Journal reporter, it's pretty much summed everything up. I'm going to read it out to you. I'm going to read it word for word because it's kind of long. Um, so his definition, 
to put it simply, self-limiting beliefs are assumptions or perceptions that you've got about yourself and about the wor- the way the world works. These assumptions are self-limiting because in some way they're holding you back from achieving what you're capable of. Um, so when I read that, you know, that kind of hit me. That summed it up pretty good. And one other thing I saw where it says assumptions, and I had a professor in college, and he always said, when you assume something, there's always three words in there, ask you, me. So you're making the ass of yourself when you assume something. Uh, so I mean, what do, what do you guys think about that definition? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty spot on. I think it's like it's um, it's one of those terms that kind of describes what it is really well. When you hear self-limiting belief, it's sort of like, oh, okay, I could resonate with that. Because I think, yeah. one, everybody has them. But then, two, like, it's not super jargony. You know, it's mm-hmm. pretty, right. pretty yeah. clear. It's like, yeah, okay. You can start identifying things in your own life. All right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of those things, like, you know, it's we all know we have these but we need some kind of nudge or push to bring it out um mm-hmm. sometimes we just kind of live with them um so but um so now that i guess that we've kind of defined what they are some common ones that i saw just like by googling and also when i was just starting to think about these things i was like yeah i've either experienced them or i've had these thoughts in my mind um so a big one i always hear is i don't have time that's mm-hmm. like the biggest bullshit probably out there i don't have time <laughs> you know if someone that tells me i don't have time i always tell them you've got 24 hours i've got 24 hours you know i think it's how you manage those 24 hours is what stops you from taking action um then yeah. there's other ones like you know i don't have the experience right i don't have qualifications to do it you know i'll be judged i sound stupid if i do this or if i say this i'll sound stupid i'm a failure either i'm too young or too old or i don't have the money um so i mean those are common ones that i've kind of seen or even heard if you want to add anything to that or i I, I think that honestly a lot of them kind of go together because when you have a self-limiting belief about something you 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 just become so crippled by those beliefs like Mm -hmm. um you know joel why aren't you doing such as well i don't have time well, you, you, you've got time, you you know, you've got 24 hours in the day, you just need to manage your time better. How can we help manage your time? Oh, well, I can't because, you know, I don't have the experience or, well, if I do something wrong, then they'll judge mm. me. Um, so I think that a lot of times the self-limiting beliefs, they become a snowball. And so it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. until the point of it, it can actually be crippling for some people. And, yeah. and, and so, you know, one thing that, that Vic and I have been talking about is is you just have to get outside of your comfort zone and yep. and and once you you start to do that you you start to break down you know all of those different layers and you know I don't have time yes I do have time I've got 24 hours in a day I want to cut out 4 hours a day to put toward this thing that I'm passionate about I can't yes I can you got to get rid of that negative mindset um and just go from there yeah I think that's pretty good thing where you said joel where it all just kind of it's all interrelated you know one it's like a chain reaction if you come up with this one self-limiting belief in your mind that's obviously going to lead to another one so i guess it's human tendency or just the way we're geared like our monkey mind um we've always got an excuse for something yeah we've got an encyclopedia of excuses <laughs> i think it's like we tell we tell these stories too right like it's like 
you hear people say, oh, I'm just the kind of person that does X or I'm mm. just this person or that person. Right. And so right. <clears throat> I think these stories are all, you know, built up, you know, yeah. in, in a way that like sometimes it's helpful for you. Right. To, right. To right. Sort of like perceive yourself, you know, in this narrative. But yeah. when the narrative becomes self-limiting or destructive and you can imagine a bunch of different ways that that could yeah. play out, like it's sort of like, oh, OK. I've I've sort of identified with this caricature mm. of myself that I've created in my mind, you know, that's right. living story that I've essentially told myself maps to reality, but it isn't sure, it. yeah. Which I, I guess you know how some people say, oh, well, I'm a morning person. Yeah, um, <laughs> I get more, you know, or I'm a night person. I guess those are just kind of self-concocted beliefs. Yeah, totally. yeah, totally. Um, There's millions of them there. <laughs> and, and, and I, I think a lot of it starts from an early age, too, as our brains are developing as children. You know, we see what our parents go through and we kind of inherit some of those biases of what we can and can't do, what we think we can do, and what we can't do. Or if we see like our parents fail or we see our mm -hmm. parents succeed at something and we, we kind of assume, oh, well, I can't do that because I'll fail because my my father or mother did um, or oh, I've got to go down this path because that's what my aunt and uncle did and they were successful. So it, it's our family belief that we have to to go through this, you know, this specific way. Um, and I think it just, it like I said before, it just becomes this big barrier instead right. of, you know, a motivator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's one thing, you know, I was thinking of too, like as kids, so I was looking at my own kids, you know, they're nine and five. Um, they, you know, they're not, they don't fear something or when they want to do something, they'll try it. They're not worried about falling and hurting themselves. You know, it's like, they'll try it. Um, as kids, you know, we're, we're not, we're not conditioned at an earlier age, but as we go through life, it feels like the society and systems, institutions that we kind of go through, they all kind of condition in some way. Whenever we become this adult, we're built up into some machine that's kind of being trained. And I think that probably starts triggering some of these, self-limiting beliefs and stuff like that too yeah i think it's like a it's a shortcut right so your brain is using mm -hmm. shortcuts and yeah. the way i kind of think about it is that first of all i think most self-limiting beliefs has to do with shame <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like shame avoidance shame prevention right. yeah and, and everybody has like triggers around shame with how they deal with it but yeah you know if you think back like you know when we were all living around campfires in the woods or whatever in the jungle Right. Like your, your brain is sort of sensitive to these um, to like exacerbating negative scenarios for a pretty mm. good reason, because if you're walking through the jungle and you hear like a twig snap and you thought probably nothing, right. you know, you're going to get attacked by a tiger. And so mm. that that sort of level of being able to go, OK, what could be wrong? You know, I need to think through like the five animals in here that it could be yeah. that might be killing me or whatever. I think that, you know, that was sort of like a healthy kind of dynamic in our brains as they're forming. Mm -hmm. But now, yeah. we, you know, we live in, um, you know, we live in current times and for the vast majority of people, there's no, there's no lion sort of hiding over there in the grass. that's going to pounce on you, right. but your brain still is like functioning the same way. So it's going like, yeah, oh, this could happen and that could happen and that could happen. And it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. but like, what are the, what are the real ramifications of like, like, what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you? Right. Mm -hmm. And then right. how much do you actually even think about that day to day? It's like. It's yeah. not really that big of a deal, right? It's like <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think you know, so some of the stuff we just talked about kind of leads into the next um, topic is like, where do these self-limiting beliefs come from? And we've already touched on a lot of it. You know, like Joel was saying, 
your family, your upbringing, your parents. Um, so like your inherent biases, um, your inability to have an open mind sometimes, you know, sometimes you've got your blinders on. It's like, okay, no, I only do whatever I see within my vision. Um, and like Joel said, your family beliefs, your education system, uh, what you've learned in college, in school, um, through your friends, your peers. And then especially like, you know, John was saying, your experiences, um, those negative experiences, I think they probably have a bigger impact on us than those positive experiences. There was one guy, I can't remember his name, but he made the comment. He was like, we don't laugh on the same joke multiple times, but we laugh. I mean, we cry about the same problem over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's that negative versus positive thing. The negative experiences have a higher um, weight, I guess, on us. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, so I guess it's what we've kind of accumulated over the years that just becomes us. Yeah, all your scripts that fire off. It's like, yeah, trying to think. I think, I can't remember how many, but there's like all these different reactions that different people have to shame. Mm -hmm. Some people are shame avoidant, so they won't do things that cause shame. Uh, Some people will like shut down when they feel shame. So they'll like, if you're like, Vic, you're stupid, you'd be like, you just close up. And then right. other people are, they have a script called attack other, which is I say, Vic, you're stupid. And you go, yeah. no, you're stupid, right? You could see right. that dynamic yeah. on the playground and you could see right. that dynamic in boardrooms. And yeah. it's like, it's all just shame and mm. shame prevention. And, right. you know, uh, it, it's just shame all the way down. So yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> rank, wrangling like your, your personal scripts around mm. what you do when you feel shamed. All right will help you kind of go to the more root cause maybe just so that you trigger and you go, okay, I'm saying all these excuses to prevent mm-hmm. really to rent this thing over here. But right. if I believe that I have the tools to deal with any amount of shame that may pop up from really just like failing in public or getting called mm-hmm. stupid or whatever happens. Right. Then I think you're probably, you end up being a little more resilient to, uh, um, you know, the vicissitudes of daily life. Right. And I guess, I mean, we seek more external validation sometimes. Yeah. And so uh, that's where that's probably where that shame part comes into. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Double edged sword. Um, right. <laughs> so, real quick, thanks to our sponsors for today scrutinize.io and getw9.tech. So, um, just to kind of sum up what we've talked about so far, you know, these self-limiting beliefs, we accumulate, we develop them just based on our environment or our experiences. And they prevent us from doing a lot of different things in life. You know, they prevent us from reaching our full potential. Um, sometimes you may be the one next in line for promotion, but just because you limited your own self from taking an extra step, you may get passed over for promotion. Um, sometimes they may limit you from moving forward in life or, you know, taking bold steps like you, you know, you jump ship to scrutinize full time in January. You know, that was something you had to, you know, I'm sure something in your mind was like, no, John, you can't do this. Lots uh, of things in my mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you overcame that. And so um, you made a good choice for your own self. You know, you only know what's best yeah. for you. Um, yeah. I guess let's talk about just some things we've done ourselves to overcome our own um, self-limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe some, some resources people can kind of look into for them for themselves. And again, so our discussion is just kind of like to get the conversation started for people just to kind of have some, you know, ideas, you know, this is not the end of the conversation. 
Um, this is not the entire conversation. This is just a starting point. Um, so I guess. You know, I think that honestly, these self-limiting beliefs kind of going into what has helped us, these self-limiting beliefs can become chains uh, for a lot of people and they really lock people in and people try to find where their comfort zone is, even though mm -hmm. they may be passionate about something else because of those self-limiting beliefs, they're going to lock themselves into their comfort zone and not go after what they're passionate about or what their life's calling should be because they're, they're locked in that comfort zone. Um, so for me, um, you know, I, I like to read, um, but again, my excuse a lot of times has been, I don't have time. So what I do is I make time to read. Um, and so, you know, salesmen, they say, uh, the ABCs of selling always be closing. You know, mm -hmm. I always think of ABL always be learning because if you're not learning, you're just coasting through life. Um, so when I think it was about 2018 when I was starting to get into kind of a rut. Um, I found this book called Start by John Acuff. And um, this is something that really helped uh, energize me and supercharge me in, in 2018. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I started my own accounting business and started picking up clients. Um, but I was also at the same time trying to study for the CPA exam. And so then I started to get, well, I can't or I don't have my certification yet. So I allowed those self-limiting beliefs to back me down from continuing full steam ahead. Um, and then, of course, uh, I got a great job and I met Vic. And right before I met Vic, um, I had been doing some other reading. I was reading um, a book called 10% Happier. Basically just talks about, you know, if you just take that that time um, to start meditating and clearing your mind and it really can help you. And yeah, it's not going to change your life completely. Um, but this guy says, well, it makes me 10% happier. Um, you know, so so those are two of the things that, that I've kind of, uh, you know, worked on was, you know, you just have to start, figure out what you're passionate about, what you want to do, try to start knocking down those self-limiting beliefs and just start. Uh, another thing is for me is meditation helps me calm down and helps me clear my mind so that I'm able to focus as well. Um, and another thing is the proximity principle as well. So, you know, if you surround yourself with negative people or people who refuse to go out of their comfort zones and refuse to break down their self-limiting beliefs, then you're going to do the same thing. So with the proximity principle, you bring those people around you uh who are doing the things that you want to do like uh you know vic is he's doing a lot of stuff that that i want to do and he's obviously further along his career than i am um so but i i surround myself with people like vic and bounce ideas off we bounce ideas off each other and we talk through all these different things and now you know vic has introduced me to john and a couple other people and so we're we're bringing those like-minded people into our proximity, and and that has really helped me start to break down some of these uh, self-limiting beliefs that I have. Awesome, yeah, I love I love that. I would echo that. The support group is like a huge factor. It's it's really hard to be a you know one person on an island, or at least feel right. like that mentally, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I guess maybe maybe in a similar vein, like I guess, you know, about six, seven years ago, kind of hit this rough patch in my life. There were other things going on that um, kind of was like a wake up call for me. It was like, okay, these scripts, you know, these emotional scripts that I developed to deal with various negative emotions throughout my childhood and like, you know, 20s and all that stuff just like weren't they weren't serving me anymore. They weren't getting me to where, um, you know, I wanted to go. And so at the time, I was like seeing a therapist and she recommended this thing called cognitive behavioral therapy, where you kind of you you rethink about what you're thinking. And so that base level is like, I feel anger. And then it's like, OK, separate from that and go like, interesting. OK, I feel angrier. Why? Why does that make me angry? What is this feeling of like, maybe it's that I can't control it. And so one of the, the books that kind of started me down this path is called um, Feeling Good. And it goes through every. Um, every negative emotion and describes why your brain does make that negative emotion exacerbated. But at the same time, it's like you have to you have to sort of separate yourself from that emotional roller coaster and go, okay, I'm experiencing a negative emotion. My brain is exacerbated, exacerbating it in some kind of way that's ultimately there's different fallacies that you fall into, like black or white thinking or just like you know, snowballing where you just like everything just seems like a bigger issue. It's going to run away. So I started reading this book and, and it was really, it was really sort of interesting to me to kind of learn some of those new skills to put maybe just a half step or a couple moments to, to think about, okay, I get ramped up or I get really anxious or I get really angry or whatever. Okay. Let me stop, take a moment. Um, and then the other thing that, that really helped me and, I don't know where along the journey that I, I developed or adopted this, but I developed like an internal mantra for myself. And my, my mantra is, um, this is my life and these are my choices. And what that really helped me sort of do was in that moment where I step away from just the ride, the biochemical, you know, rise in, emo you know, that happens when you have emotions, I would sort of remind myself like, okay, I, there are things that I can control in this scenario. What are those and how do I take the best options available to me, given that that, you know, even when you feel like that things are out of control, there are still things that you could do. And that might just be choosing how to respond to somebody that's yelling in your face. That might be yeah. jump off the deep end, you know, so to speak, in, in life or in business. And so I'd say those are two things that um, kind of recenter me and have like kind of helped me move forward. Awesome. Yes. I mean, for me, you know. Um... Am I? I guess once I hit thirty, that's when I started kind of changing my perception and how I saw the world and stuff. Um, and that's when I kind of started going down a different path. You know, before I was just kind of like, you know, I wanted to fit into the crowd, just do whatever it took to get the job done, or you know. And I was a, kind of a reserved guy. Um, didn't really like going outside the comfort zone. That really scared the shit out of me if I did anything. Um, and so then I got I came across this thing called inner engineering so it's this um guy from india named Sadhguru. um and so inner engineering he just talks about like everything we need is already inside of us we, you know you don't need to go outside and look for things to make you happy it's already inside you just kind of use that and then he kind of talks about our mindset and all that too and that all that kind of stuff started helping me um just see and you know he talks about this huge cosmo we're all just part of this big cosmo out here we're a tiny speck in it and so that kind of put things into perspective for me. It's like, you know, 
why am I stopping myself from doing things? Like the world's going to go on no matter what. Um, I just need to go out and try things. And so that's when I started like experimenting with different things. And then just like five or six years ago when I went to conferences and stuff, I just kind of hung out, went to the sessions and then um, went back to the room, maybe talked to maybe one or two people throughout the whole day. Um, and I started observing people, watching people. I was like, okay, the people that are happy out there, the people that are like, you know, really enjoying themselves, they're the ones that are kind of interacting with people, talking to people, meeting people. And so then I started kind of doing things like that, you know, being a, a more reserved person, it's hard for you to actually start doing things like that. You know, you just don't want to go up to a stranger like, hey, John, what's up, John? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't want to sound like a douche. Um, <laughs> but then, so I started kind of observing people, watching people, and then reading. I started getting through a lot of reading, just like different things. Um, one book I read was called um, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Um, it was about this guy, this rich lawyer, just kind of went from being like a really rich materialistic guy to just a simple guy. His life didn't, I mean, his life changed it total 360 but he was living a better life as a more simple person without all that materialistic baggage mm. um, and so one big message in that book was take care of yourself you know take out time for yourself that me time it's really important um, and so just like you know spending more time on myself reading meditating doing some more yoga and stuff like that that really helped make my mindset stronger and also help me, you know, overcome a lot of these self-limiting beliefs that, oh, I don't have the money to do this, or I don't have the time to do this, you know. Um, so after I hit my third, like when I got in my thirties, when I started taking like, well, it took a couple of years for me to kind of shift away from all those self-limiting beliefs, but that's when I started taking risks. And I, I, I tell people I was going through life, the first 20 years of life, or whatever, until my thirties. And I started growing. Now I'm growing. I'm actually learning things and doing things. And I'm even growing professionally, you know, um, I've probably met more people in the last four or five years than I did in my twenties. Yeah. Um, just in our like professional world. Um, so, you know, I, I would just recommend to anyone that is looking for a starting point, just start with yourself. Like just, you know, maybe just find ways to improve yourself, make a better version of you read. Um, I read this guy, his name is Jay Shetty. He's like an ex monk. He says like to get new ideas, read an old book. Mm. Um, and that kind of really resonated with like, yeah, you know, people always wanting to read the newest, latest things. But if you go back and kind of read some old wisdom, <laughs> the treasure's right there. Totally. So, Seneca knew a lot of things. And yeah. It's like, you're yeah. like, oh. All right. Yeah, awesome. I think we covered a lot of ground in like 20 minutes, you know, yeah. just about self-limiting <laughs> beliefs. Um, but I guess to sum it up, you know, self-limiting beliefs are all made in the mind um and you know every one of us has the power within us to overcome them we just need to kind of work on them you know maybe take baby steps to kind of get out of your comfort zone um get an accountability partner you know like you guys are saying have a support group have that synergy of people that you want to be like if you have you know three negative friends um <laughs> that just want to kind of party and hang out every day you know maybe find some new friends uh you know that you find people that you want to be like you know go hang out with them do things with them um, and that will help you. Um, but you guys have anything else to add or, and I'll, uh, what I'll do is like those books that you guys recommended, I'll leave them in the comments and stuff for people to, so they can check them out. Awesome. Good. Yeah. I think yeah. The, the only thing I would say that also maybe helped me a little bit was like gamifying it, you know, mm -hmm. make just like, don't get so invested in the outcome of these experiments when you're pushing yourself past these limiting beliefs. Like, mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, 
almost like the the guy you mentioned at the top of the call uh, that had that like rejection, hundred days of rejection, oh, right? Like, Jiajang, yeah. It's a yeah. game. It's like, I, oh, yeah. I know I'm going to fail, you know, potentially. Right. Yeah. And so once yeah. you accept, like, there's a high risk of failure, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's kind right. of this other part of your, you know, becomes fun. You, you know, desensitize yourself, I guess. That's what he yeah, called it. You gotta have the yeah. joy, you mm-hmm. know. In, right, right. Uh, yeah. You can't be like shamed into having a better life. <laughs> you gotta, right. you know, yeah. it's gotta be fun. It's gotta be rewarding. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, thank you guys again for being on this. I mean, it was really cool. You know, this was the very first one. Um, I think it went pretty well. I was a little worried at the beginning. I had this self-limiting belief. <laughs> I overcame it. The next one will be even better. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, so I'll put this up on YouTube, podcast it, make a blog out of it, um, spam everywhere. Let me spam the internet with it. <laughs> um, but if anybody, you know, if anyone has any questions or comments or anything, they can leave a comment or um, I'm on Twitter. My hashtag or Twitter handle is at Vimal, V-I-M-A-L-C-P-A. I know John's on there too. Yep. At John Ray. Uh, 88 j-o-h-n-r-e-a-8-8 i think joel's still in the process of signing up yeah i'm not on the twitter yet <laughs> all right <laughs> awesome well thank you guys um look had fun you know maybe we can do another one in the future okay. always down so, thanks Vic. all right thank you have a good evening bye. all right bye as a bookkeeper you're always under pressure to close client books quickly without sacrificing accuracy But that's nearly impossible when you're manually reviewing thousands of transactions. Introducing Scrutinize. Scrutinize quickly analyzes client data for the insights you need to run your bookkeeping firm more efficiently. Whether you have a team of one or 100, Scrutinize seamlessly integrates with your client's ledger software and pulls everything you need together in one report. Head to scrutinize.io to start your 14-day free trial today.